What's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Copan. It's December 6, 2022, and this is Lift and Learn episode 106. In this episode, I'll talk about, about um, when your lack of sleep could actually lead to an increase in body weight. Okay, so um, the lack of sleep itself may not exactly contribute to instant body fat, but you have to look at um, your habits when it comes to staying up late at night. And in the second topic for today, I'll be talking about a few things you could and should do on your rest days. Some people believe that a rest day means you should do as little as possible to facilitate recovery when that's not actually true. So I'll dive into that one when I get there. Before that though, I'll talk a bit about what I've been up to lately, and that might include fitness related topics, and it might not. If you want to follow me, your host on Instagram, it's isaiah.copon, and you can also check out my website, isaiahcopon.com. The podcast is on Instagram, at Lift and Learn Podcast, on Twitter, at Lift and Learn Pod, and also on Facebook. You can just search Lift and Learn Podcast. With that being said, let's get into it. Diet is one of the most important aspects when it comes to improving your health, but it really doesn't take that much effort. And uh, it's not about changing your whole diet to involve organic foods, exotic fruits you won't find in your supermarket, or following some diet because so-and-so got some good results. The best way to change your diet in a positive light is to just take foods you're eating now, your current diet, and simply alter those slightly in a way that'll be more beneficial for you. So instead of eating just rice and eggs for breakfast, let's say, That might mean having rice and eggs still, but a strategy there could be to just decrease the amount of rice you have, or uh, you don't even need to do that. You could just keep the portions the same, but just add a vegetable into that meal, maybe some cooked spinach. That's an easy add to a meal like that. If you eat two chocolate bars on average per day, try just one, and maybe substitute one candy bar for some kind of fruit. If you normally have drinks with a lot of sugar in them, maybe try to cut down on that frequency and volume you're intaking of that. Maybe have an actual orange instead of an orange juice. You'll notice some positive changes there because you're not just taking in some added sugar drink. And having the real fruit ensures that you're getting in all the nutrients like fiber from apple skin instead of just having apple juice, let's say. There's benefits to eating the whole fruit the way nature intended them to be. I preach all about baby steps, and this is especially true when it comes to changing your diet in order to improve your health. Diet is all about balance. You can look at someone's single meal per day that they might post on their Instagram story and claim that meal to be healthy or not healthy, but honestly, it's just one meal. You have to see someone's whole diet to really see if they're making the right choices. It's easy to make the right choice for a single meal throughout the day, but try making three or good, uh, three or four good meal choices per day for a few weeks and see what that actually does to your body instead of just flexing on the story, you know? Sometimes what you'll see is someone making and eating some amazing-looking overnight oats or maybe some low-carb meal. Meanwhile, their dinner's loaded with carbs or there's a crazy upcoming cheat meal that basically negates whatever health outcomes you were trying to achieve. It's all about balance. 
Don't be scared to add a bit of oil to your foods. Different types of seasoning helps too. It doesn't just have to be plain chicken breast, rice, and broccoli. I mean, if you want to do that, go ahead. But eventually that plain chicken breast or plain ground turkey, you're not going to want to eat that unless you're just super hardcore. And trust me, you're not going to be super hardcore forever. Because you know what? I used to think and act the same way in terms of diet. And I'm just talking about what I've learned over time. And I've also learned from the way clients have taken my own advice. Back in the day, I would suggest eating those plain meals, but realize that it's just not easy to stick to, especially when I'm talking to some of my clients and their goal isn't to just step on stage and compete because a regular person struggles enough with just the consistency of making those positive changes or they struggle with just getting in their two or three days of physical activity throughout the week. For the normal, regular people out there, general population, they aren't going to want to change their whole diet and eat a wildly different way than they're used to, especially if they have a family who they also have to cook for. Usually you'll have cultural foods that people may be used to having, but those small habit changes, moving uh, towards less processed foods, foods that are more naturally grown, having an increased intake of some vegetables, usually uh, that also means taking in more protein. Those are good choices you can make. So look at the food you're currently eating and think to yourself, how could I make this meal more beneficial for myself? That usually means cutting the carbs a little bit, not completely, adding in a bit more protein, probably some vegetables in there doesn't hurt either. Try to get in a bit more fiber and drink more water throughout the day. So speaking about food a bit there, I've been on a kick lately making this sesame chicken, which has just been a staple the past few weeks. I need some flavor in my food these days and I'll track that all the sauces. Then I'll adjust my macros accordingly to fit my goals. So I usually cook that up with some chicken thighs and the sauce is the key. There's five things you need to make that meal pop off. Honey, rice wine vinegar, some soy sauce, chopped up garlic, and a bit of ketchup. Mix that together. Drizzle that onto some chicken thighs. Yeah, that's been amazing. And then I throw that on top of some broccoli and rice with some scrambled egg in there for a bit more protein. That's been super good. Easy to pack up. You can make a few meals at once if you have a big enough pan. So that's been my lunch meal prep. And my other staple one, which is even easier, is literally just some ground beef some rice, broccoli, and spinach, and an avocado on the side. That one's super simple, and the avocado just sets that one off. Man, I'm getting hungry just talking about this now. Okay, moving on. This might be the first and last time I talk about soccer or football for a while, so let's just dive into it. USA is eliminated from the World Cup, and also Canada got eliminated by Croatia, but... You know what? They actually scored a goal just over a minute into that game. After that, though, they were pretty much dominated, I think. I didn't I didn't watch the whole game. But when I did watch, it just seemed like Croatia had the ball. They were calm, and they ended up scoring four unanswered goals. I mean, realistically, Canada wasn't going to win any of their games, but it was still good to see them in there. And, I mean, they got their first goal, so we'll see if that puts us on the map a bit in that field. But who knows? Probably not. I heard that they're... They've already qualified for the next World Cup because it's in Canada. I don't know. I just heard that. Um, So, yeah. And I think in their last game, which didn't mean anything, I think they scored maybe one in that one too. But I didn't watch it. 
meanwhile, Canada's soccer team hadn't qualified before 2008 for the Olympics, but they've been getting better over the years. They got eighth, I think, their first time. And then they had some bronze medals 2012, 2016, and then they won gold in Olympics in 2020. So boys got some catching up to do. So this week has been a bit life-changing for me. I won't dive into the specifics of all that yet. Maybe I'll touch on it in the new year, but I've been working out at a new high-end but affordable gym. Of course, I got to talk about that for a bit. First off, it's clean all the time, which is so different from the gyms I'm used to. There's a pool, a pool table, lounge area in the front with somewhere to get your protein shakes and all that. Change room is spotless. Showers are amazing. It's pretty much all the equipment you'll need. They have boxes for box jumps, safety squat bar, some turf area where you can push or pull sleds, some punching bags. They have the trap bar for deadlifts. Yeah, I already said the safety squat bar. That's going to be... I'm excited to use that. And... That's just on the bottom floor. In the main weight room area, which is likely where I'll spend most of my time, they have those bench press racks where the rack actually comes out, so it's easier to unrack the weight. There's a Nordic hamstring curl machine, which I didn't even know existed. Haven't tried that one yet because I don't want to look stupid on it, but I'll probably give it a go this coming week here. And probably my favorite piece of equipment, pendulum squat machine. That's going to be used plenty of times by me over the next year as I try to grow these legs. I hit the machine once this week. My knee feels great using that, so that'll complement some barbell squatting for sure. More importantly about this new gym, they're still making improvements and nothing in there is broken because they actually have a maintenance guy in there who's working on whatever needs to be fixed like right away. Really cool gym, and I didn't even mention the cardio equipment. There's Jacob's Ladder, bunch of Stairmasters, treadmills, assault bikes, that rope machine where you're emulating, climbing, list goes on and on. I haven't even got to try everything yet because I've only been there for like a week now, but you'll definitely hear me talking more about this place. I mean, I was using the treadmill. I used it a few times already and you can actually program on the screen. (laughs) You can actually program on the screen to like walk around Toronto or London, wherever you want in the world. I don't know. There's a list of places. I was doing that, but I mean, I had it. I was watching it for like maybe two minutes and then I just hopped on the Wi-Fi and then started watching, I don't know, random videos. So one last thing I have to mention on here. Very first time I went to the gym, I worked out with someone. I don't know, man. He might, he might be listening, but... I already worked out that morning, so I was just planning on doing his uh, routine and just coast through to not gas myself out too much, but I had no idea what I was getting into. This guy put me through some HIIT workout. I swear that was the hardest workout I've done in my life. So we started doing that rope machine I just talked about. That was already brutal, doing that for three sets of 45 seconds. We moved over to kettlebell snatches. I got a chance to catch my breath there went downstairs we pushed and pulled the sled that was absolutely just taxing i had to lighten the weights there to get through those five or six sets it was insane and then we tossed a 25 pound ball back to each other i mean back and forth chest passes and then over to the assault bike for a few rounds honestly at this point i had to really take it easy because if i had pushed myself i probably would have thrown thrown up man he was definitely in way better fitness cardio 
shape that I was in. That is not the training I'm used to, but I don't care, man. That's fun. I love training a different way just to see how it feels. And now I know I'm terrible at that, but I have something to work on though. My heart rate was like higher than it's ever been. So I was just super gassed. After that, we did some dead hangs also, which wasn't bad, but I'm telling you, one of the hardest workouts I've ever done. Shout out if he's listening. So I'm probably never going to work out with that guy ever again. No, I'm just joking. (laughs) But yeah, that was a great time. Even though I like felt like dying, it was just fun to just get out of my comfort zone there with training. So yeah, that's, yeah, that was, oh my God, I can't even think about it. My head starts to hurt. I'm going to get like PTSD. Question one, when lack of sleep could lead to an increase in weight. Here's a topic that's a bit debated, I think, these days, because people will argue that sleeping less actually can't lead to weight gain just because of the calories in versus calories out method. Sleeping more or less doesn't directly impact weight gain in that sense. But you know what? I think there are a few different ways where sleep can actually lead to you putting on a bit of weight without you being aware of it. I mean, logically, if you're sleeping less, that means you're awake for longer. If you sleep nine hours a night, that only leaves 15 out of the possible 24 hours where you're able to eat and consume calories. On the flip side, if you sleep for only five hours or something, that leaves 19 hours where you can eat and have food. So that's a four hour difference there. Could you eat more within that time frame? Yeah, of course. More intake of calories is gonna lead to an increase in some kind of weight gain and possibly more body fat. So a lack of sleep, This could actually lead to an increase in weight without you even knowing it when you're up late at night. And if you get hungry, the choices people tend to make are just bottom line. They're not as healthy as they should be. It's usually going to be something quick and tasty, something usually highly processed that you can find around the house. I mean, I doubt you're staying up to make a properly balanced meal. It's usually something sugary, a bit higher in carbs than it should be. Not to mention the fact that eating or having meals like that before bed actually disturbs your sleep more than you think. And because you had such a um, high energy food before bed, those carbs kind of stay inside of you and have more of a chance at turning into body fat because you probably didn't do anything at night, but sit around when it's, you know, when it's nighttime past midnight, you're probably just lying or sitting around watching TV. So if you don't use that energy, your body will likely store more of it. That's just a fact. An effect that comes with eating at night is that you're messing with the circadian rhythm, your deep sleep. We're evolved to wind down and start to rest and sleep when the sun goes down and to start moving when the sun comes up. So if you're staying up way past when the sun goes down, that's going to have a bit of an effect with how your body acts and reacts to that. And if you're eating late at night, your deep sleep gets affected because your body is still wanting to be digesting that food. So all of those processes are still trying to go on. Meanwhile, you're I mean, some part of your body is trying to get to sleep. There's a conflicting result there. I'm not even going to dive into the way the lack of sleep affects your hormones because I don't actually know. I'm not an expert on all of that, but sleeping less could affect those hunger hormones like ghrelin and leptin. So that could lead to you craving or eating more later on, a possible increase in appetite if you stay up late at night. Again, this is happening without you even knowing it. If you're not already aware of this stuff now, this might not happen to everyone, but it's more common than you might think. Continuing on, uh, lack of sleep 
also has been shown to increase oxidative stress, glucose intolerance, even insulin resistance. So yeah, lack of sleep does make some of the systems in your body go a bit haywire. Lack of sleep could also lead to metabolic dysregulation. Again, some of those systems not functioning properly or optimally for you to maintain a healthy body weight. The studies that are out on this, since most of them are just surveys, but the data still says that sleeping less than six hours a night does increase your chance of being overweight and or obese. During the day, the lack of sleep could affect your habits. Maybe that means having a cup or two of too much coffee, which has a bunch of caffeine in it. Taking that in the afternoons, like past 2 p.m. or something, that could affect that nighttime sleep in a negative way. It's all of these habits in conjunction with one another that could be leading to possible weight gain or just overall a kind of depressed and a down mood. Again, just not functioning to the highest of your abilities. So in order to fight some of those negative effects that lack of sleep could give you, it's important to try and maintain a consistent schedule, sleeping and waking up around the same time, sleep in a dark room, don't eat before bed, that could throw off your sleep cycle too. Of course, staying off the phone and half hour to an hour before bed is going to be beneficial for you. This is something uh, This is something that I had to deal with growing up. Now, it doesn't affect me much these days because I'm pretty mindful not to eat too late on most nights. There are times where I might go off the rails a bit still, but I'm mindful of it. I try to sleep at a decent amount of time, and if I have anything past 8 p.m., I try to just have fruits or just water, something light, instead of any other type of highly processed snack. But growing up, I used to stay up way past my bedtime and make those bad decisions, eating those sugary snacks, so that was tough to break out of when I really decided to change my life in a positive way a few years ago. I didn't start working out or get, uh, I didn't get into this career path and this lifestyle change until my early 20s, so... I spent a lot of time trying to reverse or erase some of these bad habits that I picked up during childhood. This was a process for me and continues to be, but over time it's gotten a lot better. You just need to hear the information, take it in, slowly make those steps towards better decisions. Is it really worth it to have that yummy snack at night? Probably not. So that's something I have to constantly remind myself of, even still to this day. So I hope that helps with some struggles you might have in that regard. Question two, what to do on rest days? The main focus of rest days should be to recover to the best of your ability. So on rest days, your day should be tailored to you recovering and resting the best way you can. Sometimes this means lying around and not doing much, but more often than not, light activity is going to be the key to your recovery. Also, I have to mention that you should be on top of your diet and quality of sleep every day, but even more so on the rest days. The main things to focus on when it comes to rest days are, of course, sleep, listen to your body, hydrate, and eat right. Those are really the most important things to focus on. Something that could negatively impact your recovery is actually just resting or lying around and being as sedentary as possible. Not moving is actually going to hurt your recovery. Some light activity is what actually facilitates or speeds up the um, recovery process. Trust me when I say it's much better than just lying down all day. Sometimes I get clients who tell me they've been sore for one or two days after a workout. And sometimes when that happens, that's when you get cancellations. But if you can convince them to actually get to the gym, 
they'll still be complaining about the soreness when they get there, but once they actually start getting into the exercise, maybe their legs are sore at first. That might mean doing some slow movements like butt kicks, high knees, some bodyweight squats. And after a few reps, when the blood gets in there, they'll actually notice that they feel a bit better actually most of the time, especially if they've spent most of the day trying to do nothing for their legs because it just got so sore from the DOMS due to a past workout. This just happened to me actually. I have I had a rest day, sorry, uh, the day after my first leg day after my bummed knee finally recovered. So the day after, legs were so sore. Second day after, it was even worse. So for my rest day, I worked on doing some light activity for my legs. Did some uh, some time on the treadmill, some on the Stairmaster, some light stretching. I was going to foam roll, but I actually didn't have the time to. But the stretching and mobility work just made my soreness slightly go away. It didn't go away completely, but it helped with the amount of inflammation that was going on. Stretching and foam rolling helps, some mobility work, light resistance training, just going through the motions, that's what I have my bands for. Sometimes I'll sit in a deep squat position, especially on these days, trying to get my body used to sitting in there for a bit, gets the muscles warmed up and I'm not as sore after I do that a few times. Swimming is also great in terms of active recovery. That's really one I have to work on. There's just so many benefits to swimming. Maybe I can get into that now that I have the facility for it. Continuing on with light activity, yoga or Pilates could be something great to include on those days. Something to just get you moving and get the blood flowing around your body, basically. Flushing out that lactic acid buildup that could be going on. Maybe go for a light walk, do something you enjoy. Up here in Canada, that one's tough to do outside now that it started snow. Uh, it hasn't really snowed, but it's been like pretty cold outside. But during the summer months, that's one activity I really do like to enjoy on my rest days so that I'm not just stuck in the house all day watching The Office over and over again. The amount of rest days you're taking per week, though, that depends on you. It depends on the individual. That's why I said listening to your body is key. If you had a tough day at work, you've been on your feet all day, maybe that's the time where you need to rest instead of going to go crush it at the gym. I suggest at least two rest days per week for someone just starting out. Obviously, that varies with how deconditioned this person is. Instead of just you know going in there day in, day out, just making yourself more and more exhausted, give yourself that time off. But at the same time, be smart with it and do activities that will help you recover to the best of your ability. And eat foods that'll help with recovery, increase your intake of water, and sleep a good amount as well. Those are really the main things to focus on when it comes to rest days. It's that simple. No need for some crazy supplement that'll increase your recovery time by like 2%. Just do the basics and that'll get you the best results if you do them consistently. And that concludes episode 106 of the podcast. Thank you for listening. If you really enjoyed the episode or my podcast as a whole, then please leave a review and comment on iTunes or whatever your choice of podcast platform is. Also, if you haven't already, you should hit that subscribe button because I'll be releasing episodes every Friday. If you want to follow me, your host, I'm Isaiah.Copon on Instagram, and you can also check out my website, IsaiahCopon.com. If you want to follow the podcast, you can check out at Lift and Learn Podcast on Instagram. And there's also a Facebook page if you just search Lift and Learn Podcast.